Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Uh, testing, one, two, one, two, one, two. I'm, I'm just seeing my voice is here. I was, um, I suppose like some of you, I was screaming uh, a lot last, last night at my television set. And um, I come to you ragged. Uh, as a as a result, well, that was quite an afternoon, wasn't it? Since last we uh, saw each other, um, I it was the best television on for once. Uh, I I who have been counseling people to steer clear of CNN and MSNBC and all the rest, except in small doses, was uh, pretty much glued uh, to CNN from about 3:30 on. Um, wow. Uh, what a horrendous day for Donald J. Trump, which is uh, reason enough for celebration. I assumed, and wrongly so, that his speech in West Virginia last night would be the cherry on top of, uh, in terms of the uh, reality show uh, that I had been entranced by all afternoon, that the the continuation would, of course, be Trump going insane <coughs> in Charleston, West Virginia before his adoring throngs who by the way I have, uh, I, have a, I, I was watching with a friend who um, pointed out that the audience seated behind Trump while there were some obviously just thrilled with every utterance that came from his mouth a whole bunch of them including a very uneasy-looking black man who had clearly been placed so that the shot of the president would include this black man. And there was another black man in the shot up on the other side. That guy was going berserk through the whole thing. He was loving it. There have been suggestions that <clears throat> that some people are paid to uh, come to Trump rallies. And I have sort of poo-pooed that, figuring there's enough people. God dang it. <clears throat> it's just not going to be any better. Um, I started wondering, as I, I actually watched a lot of his speech, which, by the way, was not carried on CNN, <laughs> and MSNBC, which is something that they should have been doing in, in, for the last two years um, when they helped Trump uh, win the presidency by covering every, every rally, every speech uh, from beginning to end. Uh, the fact that they did not, I couldn't believe it. That I, I said to my friend, well, there, as soon as he starts going off the rails, CNN and MSNBC are going to cut to him. Obviously, Fox ran the speech in its entirety because it is Donald Trump's channel. Um, but this black man, I kept watching him. He originally had a sign which got lower and lower and he never cracked a smile. He never exhibited any uh, love for anything that Trump was saying. It was very odd. And he wasn't alone in that it was a real glum kind of a group all the way around who I'm sure were hoping that the president would, you know, really go nuts because <coughs> they love that in him. Damn. <coughs> of all days, you have to desert me. So, last night was a clear indication of uh, Fox News being nothing more than a propaganda uh, outlet. Uh, while everybody else was, of course, uh, chasing what will go down uh, in presidential history as a major, major moment in American presidential history. 
yesterday afternoon. What is it? August 21st, 2018. That's a date people will remember, I think. Uh, Fox, you know what their big story was? After airing uh, Trump's entire speech? Their big story, the shiny object, the, oh, look over here, was the arrest of an undocumented person from Mexico uh, in the arrest, excuse me, I said arrest, in the murder of uh, a lovely young white female jogger in Iowa. Uh, she has been missing for some weeks, uh, and it was a gift to uh, to Fox that uh, this, as they put it, illegal alien was uh, led police to her body. And Trump spent a lot of his speech, by the way, talking about that. And about the need for build a wall, build a wall. Um, watching Fox last night showed me how difficult it, it will be to get uh, a good, what, 30, 35% of Americans uh, back into the real world because Fox does not report the real world. It does not. It's just beyond belief. Okay, I'm a little subdued. If you wanted some uh, fireworks for me, I really don't know. I mean, I'm sure you've been ingesting everything you can get your hands on. I'm not going to tell you anything you uh, don't know. One of my other uh, senses is uh, that those who had said that it's uh, Stormy Daniels and uh, Karen McDougal, the other Playboy uh, centerfold, uh, that it's these women, much more so than Russian collusion, that'll take this guy down. And I still, I, I think actually, I don't know if collusion will ever be proven, uh, be tied right to Trump. Although I, I will not be surprised if, it, if that is the end result. But there is no doubt. I think now there is no doubt that Donald Trump, uh, when he leaves the White House, will be charged uh, for all kinds of crimes regarding the, um, his business dealings, money laundering, uh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, even as we now know, his former attorney yesterday in in court uh, before a judge accused uh, Donald Trump of uh, committing a uh, a felony. And once the district court, federal district court uh, in New York, which is the court that uh, got the guilty plea from Michael Cohen, once they start going after Donald J. Trump in his business dealings, much of those business dealings, by the way, with the Russians, and Cohen was his point man with the Russians in his aborted deal to put up a Trump Tower in Moscow. One can only imagine what kind of financial crimes, irregularities occurred uh, there. And I, the only thing is, is that this, none of this is going to happen until he's out of the White House. And now, knowing that once he leaves the White House, he faces this kind of prosecution, why would he ever resign? <laughs> Impeachment might look good. I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine how this is going to end. But it's going to end, uh, it's going to be awful from uh, here on out. It's going to be ghastly uh, to get the, these 
scum because he came with him. Well, as the New York Times opinion uh, editorial page says, says today with a split screen picture of Manafort and, uh, and Cohen, all the president's crooks playing off, of course, on all the president's men. And as we know, Donald Trump only hires the best people. So, uh, yeah, what uh, took Cohen down ultimately? Uh, the payoffs to Stormy Daniels to buy her silence. The payoff to Karen McDougal. By the way, every time I hear her name, I have this like, flashback like yesterday I was saying the name the T.S. Ellis the judge in the Manafort trial all I kept thinking was T.S. Eliot T.S. Eliot and now with Karen McDougal I can't remember the first name but don't you remember in Whitewater there was a couple he was a slime ball and I think she was too their names were McDougal and I think they were friends of the also somewhat slimy Clintons and uh, something, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but that was part of the Whitewater thing, that they should both be uh, McDougal. Uh, anyway, I digress. So, I, I mean, the, the fact, there's something very gratifying about the most powerful man on earth <laughs> being brought low by these two women uh, who make their living uh, taking their clothes off for men like Donald Trump. Uh, I, I just love that he treats women with such scorn and disrespect and the takedown to Stormy and to Karen McDougal. Oh, shut up. Okay. Uh, the Wall Street Journal, I don't know which uncomfortable editor had to write this, Thank you, Milton. James and Susan McDougal. Yeah. I think they were quite a pair, as I recall. Uh, Wall Street Journal opinion page today. Uh, I mean, they can't run from it. They say that uh, Manafort and Cohen um, and what happened yesterday uh First of all, they call them shady operators. Fine, shady operators is one word, convicted felons is another. Shady operators Donald Trump associated with in his private and political life. Now, it's, that's the, the first sentence says that. Um, shady operators Donald Trump associated with in his private and political life life. And notice that the verb associated is past tense. It's little things like that, um, that if you're schooled in critical thought and or media literacy, they catch you. Um, are they suggesting that the president uh, only consorted with shady characters in his private and political life in the past? Associated? I don't think so. Associates is the proper. And they go on to say, Manafort is a longtime Beltway fixer <coughs> whose business was profiting from his political connections. That is, as a member of the kleptocracy. Right. Let's get into this. They see it not as a uh, as being a, a public servant. Uh, people like Paul Manafort and those that Trump surrounds himself see uh, public service as just a cash cow to loot. Get it while you can. And the Wall Street Journal does 
point out that Paul Manafort, who the president hired to run his campaign, is the personification of the swamp. So, and yet, the Wall Street Journal covers for this president all the time, uh, is desperate to uh, get from him what it wants for its rich subscribers. And so the Wall Street Journal is complicit, as is the Republican Party, in enabling and abetting Donald Trump who has associated with low lifes and shady characters in his private and professional life forever and who is himself the personification of a swamp dweller. So the Wall Street Journal's editorial says things like, all of this reveals Mr. Trump at his worst. Yes, but then they go on to talk about other things. And uh, they end up saying nothing. <clears throat> I'm sorry, guys. I really, there's no voice here. I, when I looked at the headline in the New York Times, I ripped it out. As you can see, I, I really mean it when I said ripped. I, I ripped it out because I thought, ooh, those are real big letters for the Times. They tend to be sort of, you know, well, I wouldn't necessarily get too excited here. But that's a pretty excited uh, headline in the New York Times. And I thought, oh, you should rip that out because you can start keeping the headlines that lead to the ultimate headline, which, of course, is Trump found guilty. Or Trump impeached. There's another one I'm waiting for. You got it. Um, but next time I'm going to try to rip with a little bit less enthusiasm uh, so that I can retain it. Oh, God, guys, you're going to make me talk the whole time when I don't have a voice? Huh? I could use some callers today. Let's see. Yeah, okay, Milt. So it was Susan and James McDougal. I got that. Little Tony says there's always a black man or woman placed directly behind Trump at his rallies. Yeah. And you know what? In Republican National Convention coverage, and this has been going on forever, um, they always, there's next to no black delegates to a Republican convention. So they always round them up or they round up the state that has the most and they give that state front and center so that they're, you're seeing black people. I see black people. But, the, yeah. The, my question was, I really wondered if the guy behind him yesterday, last night, was um, paid. Like he said, hey, we'll give you this much money if you sit, uh, you're going to sit there and listen to Trump and hold up that sign and act happy. Um, maybe he took the money and and then you could just see him deflate as it went on and on. And I'm thinking that that is maybe because he was feeling like he made a deal with the devil maybe. Like, I can't believe I'm sitting here doing this. Which is why his his sign, which I can't remember what it said, went started here. And then just started going down. It ended up in his lap. Maybe about two minutes later, he had it between his legs. And then it was like on the floor. He, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, West Virginia, that's where the president goes when he needs a little buck up. I need a buck up, so we got a caller. I'm glad. Thank you. Hello, caller. Hello, Lynn. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Sometime. I'm glad they got him on eight counts of Manafort, but my God, they should have got him on all 18. They say, well, Gates wasn't, they didn't find him credible. Well, Jesus Christ, the fucking, they had enough evidence and paperwork that showed that Manafort was connected to the whole damn thing. So sometimes these damn juries, they, they're annoying as hell. I don't know who, they probably had some Trump supporters. In well, let me just, no, but let, right there. 
Yeah, but let me just say, let me just say that all it takes to not be able to have a guilty verdict is one juror right. out of 12. Yep. And yep. and the fact that there were eight counts that they could and the eight counts are I I mean are e- enough, I assure you, but I'm willing to bet it wasn't a whole bunch of jur- I, I I'm willing to I, I would bet that all it takes is I think I told my sister Susan yesterday you know all it takes is one I was really worried that uh there might be such a person on that jury who just refused to deal with the facts that were presented but if you think about it the jury worked it did work yeah. and um Manafort's uh his goose is cooked um and I I mean it worked and 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 the thing is is in a court of law a fact is a fact. There's a system in place that you can't game. That Well, you can, I guess, sometimes. But that this is where Trump's fan and Fox's world of fantasy and alternative facts and truth is not truth, uh, it ends up in a courtroom colliding with reality. And reality had two big victories yesterday. So I think... It's all good. I wouldn't bother with it. I wouldn't bother yeah, with it. Because that, that's Mueller. That, that, Mueller's got a lot of, you know, I mean, my God, he's got to turn his attention now to um, other cases, I think. Uh, it's more than enough, the eight counts. But, uh, and he's he's facing a civil uh, trial, Manafort, in D.C. Right. in September. And that's on all the kind of crap. Again, it's paperwork that he that he did, uh, money laundering and tax evasion, and and you name it. And and he'll they'll be guilty. Uh, they'll be guilty verdicts, I'm sure, in that too. This guy's done. He's finished. It's over. As far as impeachment, I'll believe it when I see it. Just like November election, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I don't make any call on the prediction or nothing. When I see it, then I'll believe it. Okay. <laughs> Well, I, 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 well, I, is that's smart. <laughs> that's smart. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. I think, yeah, we all should learn not to count our chickens before they're hatched. Um, and anybody, I mean, it was a great day uh, in many ways, but it's not the end of Donald Trump and his presidency. And uh, anybody heard anything from any major Republican figures? I'm serious. I haven't heard. Has anybody? Did Paul Ryan make a statement? Did, uh, did you know, what's his name, Yertle the Turtle make a statement? Uh, did any of them? Of course not. And this will not be enough to change their uh, game plan of getting as much as they can out of this presidency while protecting uh, him as much as they can. It's amazing. I mean, if there were a Democratic Congress right now, this guy would already have been impeached. Um, this is slightly bigger than uh, Bill Clinton stooping Monica Lewinsky and lying about it. Hmm? Do we agree with that? So, I mean, the fact that you have Michael Cohen say that he paid off these women in coordination with and at the direction of, (laughs) at the direction of and in coordination with, that gets you into, of course, uh, conspiracy. Coordination means conspiracy to commit a felony. And then at the direction, ordered to. Uh, so that means that he's saying, the candidate, <laughs> who we all know. Um, that's just pretty stunning. And he quite clearly also said that, I part- this is a quote, I participated in this conduct for the principal purpose of influencing the election for president in 2016. 
They didn't want Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal on, on all the front pages of newspapers and on their televisions when uh, the election for president was uh, upon us. So, did you, if you were watching like me, while they were waiting in the Manafort trial, I mean, these things happened like right on time. Manafort, it took a while. Um, it looked like they might be hung. It looked like it might go into another day. And finally, when news started breaking, because it was in a federal courthouse where you can't have cameras, you can't have reporters, you can't have uh, recording devices, you can't have phones, so reporters can't, like, text from the... The only way uh, you get the information out to a reporter standing outside who wants to go live on CNN is running it <laughs> to them. And it was a riot watching, um, watching these people come uh, just tearing out the front door of them and heading off like, you know, and most of them were women. And at least they knew, I guess, that their job was to be a runner. So even though they were wearing dresses, I mean, I, they should have had on tracksuits. They, they, none of them were in heels that I saw. They were, yeah. And they were all like tearing. Here, here comes one. Here comes another. And there was one woman. I don't know if you saw her. There was one woman who just stood out from all of the others it was a woman in a pretty tight blue dress. <laughs> and she was running, not like the other, you know how if you run in it, she was pumping, her knees were like up in the air. I mean, she, she looked, it, 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 was a, it was just amazing how much different she looked. She looked like she was running the 440. I mean, it was serious. It was elbows up, knees up, pump, pump, pump. What a riot! I and I saw on Twitter, and I'm not. It's always nice to know you're not the only one. Who, upon seeing her, and I only saw her once. I don't know if she did it more than once. Only saw her once, but I thought, wow, literally, you go, girl. My God, she's fantastic. I would definitely have her as a runner. And then she ended up tweeting. There's a tweet that came out today from Cassie Semyon. And she says this. Yes, it is me, the journalist in the blue dress, running after the Manafort verdict. Uh, thank you for the photo. Somebody had a picture that they had sent her. Well, pe because people were, who's the woman in the blue dress? And it turns out she was a runner for um, NBC. <laughs> Young woman, her other things were something she had just graduated from, uh, was it Temple? I think maybe. So she, she's clearly just out of college and uh, she definitely is going to go places, that one. Cassie Semyon. Man, jeez. Uh, What else? Oh, who's the happiest guy in the world in terms of bigger things happening? So his case, which is the story that would have had him front and center on all the newscasts, uh, was totally uh, overwhelmed, of course, by uh, Donald Trump's uh, horrible, terrible, uh, incredibly difficult uh, day. And that would be, of course, one of Trump's biggest supporters, in Congress, one of his first supporters in Congress, that would be Congressman Duncan Hunter from the great state of California. And by the way, that now adds one more seat to uh, the seats the Democrats are going to take from the Republicans. Uh, he can't get his name off the ballot, so it'll be there. But unfortunately, I think he's going to be in jail so he won't be able to serve. So uh, that's going to go to the Democrats. Duncan Hunter, ladies and gentlemen, along with the other, who's the other jerk? Collins, uh, who was indicted as well, right? Wasn't he indicted the other day too for, um, oh God, what a bunch of crooks. 
he was doing, oh yeah, insider training um, with his, calling his son from the White House, (laughs) from the White House um, grounds, Chris Collins. Uh, He he was indicted uh, for uh, insider trading. And now we got Duncan Hunter and his wife indicted for um, just unbelievable uh, misuse of campaign funds. I mean, what did these two not do? With my, you sent a check to Duncan Hunter thinking you were helping him get reelected. No, you were helping him fly a friend's bunny rabbit across country for six hundred dollars. You were helping him buy theater tickets, get his teeth fixed, uh, fast food, golf outings, video games, groceries, and in one case to uh, uh, pay a utility bill when the utility company had threatened to cut off their electricity. These guys, these, these grifters, were living so beyond their means that um, he literally had nothing, nothing in his bank account. And so they were just living off of uh, campaign contributions. Uh, so they will be um, arraigned uh, Thursday morning in San Diego. This is a guy who um, is a veteran of Afghanistan and Iraq, and he loves Donald Trump. And he said in the earliest days when Trump first uh, announced, he said that he wanted to join with Trump and restore a, quote, warrior culture, a warrior mentality in the government. You're starting to wonder if the Republican Party is literally just not a, uh, you know, a a criminal uh, organization. I mean, literally, uh, a criminal organization. Starting to wonder. I am starting to wonder. What a bunch of crooks. What a bunch of absolutely no moral centers whatsoever. And this is the party that deigned to look down upon the rest of us for our family, excuse me, lack of family values. These are the people who go to the mat for their Christian values. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Ray writes, Trump uh, at the Charleston rally, he came out to the Rolling Stones' uh, Sympathy for the Devil. I think he, (laughs) that pisses me off so much because that's one of my favorite songs. I used to play, when my kid was like all of two, and he was like in the back seat in the, you know, one of those little car, car seat things. Um, I refuse to listen to kids. I, I could not listen to, oh, God, who was that guy? He just drove me crazy. I mean, any kind of stupid kid mu- music. Um, I couldn't do it. So I listened to what I wanted to listen to. So my at two or threes, my kid could sing much of Sympathy for the, <laughs> the Devil. <laughs> Never once, that little voice coming from the back, please allow to introduce myself. It was that and Joe Cocker. He loved Joe Cocker. Okay, yeah, so... Oh, you say, yeah, the lyrics here. Yeah, okay, for those of you who don't know the lyrics, I don't think I need them, but yeah. He, it, Ray says, I was gobsmacked at the audacious irony of this idiot playing sympathy for the devil as he walks out onto the stage in Charleston, uh, West Virginia. Um, and he says they know what they're doing and are mocking us for our fecklessness, our inability at stopping them. Well, maybe, but I think we're going to get the last laugh, if in fact there's anything to laugh about by the time it's all said and done and we're reduced to rubble. Um, But do you know the words? 
please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. I've been around for a long, long year and stole many a man's soul to waste. And I was round when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain. Made sure, made damn sure that Pilate, I just read, come on. I made sure, damn sure that Pilate washed his hands and sealed his fate. Pleased to meet you. Hope you know my name. But what's puzzling you is the nature of it. So it's just pure evil. I mean, it's about pure evil. I stuck around St. Petersburg. Uh, you know, when I saw it was time for a change, I killed the czars and his ministers while Anastasia screamed in vain. I rode a tank, held a general's rank when the blitzkrieg raged and the body stank. This is what our president is writing. Pleased to meet you. Hope you know my name. Oh, yeah. Fought for ten. I watched with glee while your kings and queens fought for ten decades for the gods they made. I shouted out, who killed the Kennedys? When after all, it was you and me. Wow. Just as every crop, listen to this, this is Trump's song. Just as every cop is a criminal, right? And all the sinners saints, turning things upside down. All heads is tails. Just call me Lucifer, because I'm in need of some restraint. So if you meet me, have some courtesy, have some sympathy, and some taste. Use all your well-earned politesses, or I'll lay your soul to waste. Unbelievable, really. And, Ray, I'm glad to see the P.S. Because, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if you, I know you don't like calling in, but when the subject comes up, uh, Ray is a a practicing Catholic, and uh, he says, if you ever want any questions for a Catholic answer, I'd consider volunteering. I think you'd be wonderful. So, I mean, if and when it comes up again, I don't know that it will today, because we sure got a lot of stuff going on. I also, um, just so we don't um, go, you know, all Trump, because, I mean, actually, after five hours yesterday, I'm, I'm pretty much, I, I do have nothing to say. I, you know, now, now I'll tune out again, because now it's all the stuff I hate, the just constant repetition, the blathering, the this and the that, so... Um, anything you have to say is fine and dandy, but um, I'll move on. One of the things I want to move on with is um, one of the uh, one of the Democrats who who I've been looking at uh, as the future, perhaps, of the Democratic Party is um, is really smart, compelling figure. And he's running for the Senate. He is a member of Congress. He's running for the Senate in Texas. In order to get there, he's got to beat Ted Cruz. Now, beating Ted Cruz in Texas ain't going to be easy. (laughs) When's the last time that Texas had a Democratic senator? I I can't imagine. I mean, that is one red state. However, however, you got a date? 93? And who would it have been? Senator Kruger? That name doesn't ring a bell at all. Wow. I, I... I, I don't know. I mean, I can think of some great Congress people from Texas, like Beto O'Rourke, that's this guy's name. Uh, His name's O'Rourke, but I think he's Hispanic. (laughs) 
And I think he's former military too, is he? God, he's just wonderful. He is just so wonderful. And in his campaign against Cruz, he has eschewed, God bless you, he has eschewed all the PAC money, all the corporate crap. He, he's, got, he's got a big war chest because people are giving him, people are giving him money. I have seen no polling. I suspect that it would be almost impossible. But I'm looking at him as a possible presidential contender for us. Uh, Beto O'Rourke. And, and something's out there on Twitter right now that m some of you may have seen, and I suspect most of you have not. So I'm going to play it now. This is Beto O'Rourke, Senate candidate in Texas, Democrat. Uh, he's in front of a bunch of voters, and a, a young man asks him a question about the NFL players. Now, that would kneeling. This would be one of those, you know, don't say much, fudge it, you're never going to, because this will kill you in Texas, right? That, the answer to that is going to kill you in Texas if you answer like a progressive person would. And so I want you to hear the question, and then I want you to hear... I hope the next president of the United States, <laughs> Beto O'Rourke, um, listen to his answer. It goes about four minutes, but believe me, I'm not doing this to rest my voice. I am doing this because this is just wonderful. Do we have to listen to an ad? I kind of wanted to know how you personally felt about how disrespectful That's it is this is the question the NFL players kneeling during the national anthems I wanted to know if you found that disrespectful to our country to our veterans and anybody related to that it's just I find it incredibly frustrating that people seem to be okay with that and I would just like to hear your input thank you thanks for a great question again on a really tough issue that if we don't talk about is not going to get better and the question is how do you feel about NFL players who take a knee during the national anthem? And is it disrespectful to this country, to the flag, to service members who are right there tonight where it is tonight in Afghanistan, and those former service members, retirees and veterans who are here with us today? Thank you each for your service. Um, my, my short answer is no. I don't think it's disrespectful. Here's my, my longer answer, but I'm gonna try to, try to make sure that I get this right. Um, because I think it's a really important question. And, Reasonable people, reasonable people can disagree on this issue. Let's begin there. And it makes them no less American to come down on a different conclusion on this issue, right? Um, you can feel as a young man does, you can feel as I do, you're every bit as American all the same. Um, but I'm reminded, somebody mentioned reading the, the Taylor Branch book. Um, you did. Um, Parting the Waters and the King Years. And, and when you read that book and find out what Dr. King and this nonviolent, peaceful movement to secure better, because they didn't get full, civil rights for their fellow Americans. The challenges that they faced, those who died in Philadelphia, Mississippi, for the crime of trying to be a man, trying to be a woman in this country, um, the, the young girls who died in the church bombing, um, those who were beaten within an inch of their life crossing the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama with John Lewis, um, those who were punched in the face, spat upon, dragged out by their collar at the Woolworth lunch counter for sitting with white people at the same lunch counter in the same country where their fathers may have bled the same blood on the battlefields uh, of Omaha Beach or Okinawa or anywhere that anyone ever served this country. Um, the freedoms that we have were purchased not just by those in uniform, and they definitely were, but also by those who took their lives into their hands riding those Greyhound buses, the Freedom Riders in the Deep South in the 1960s, who knew full well that they would be arrested, and they were, serving time in the Mississippi State Penitentiary. Um, Rosa Parks getting from the back of the bus 
to the front of the bus. Peaceful, nonviolent protests, including taking a knee at a football game to point out that black men unarmed, black teenagers unarmed, and black children unarmed are being killed at a frightening level right now, including by members of law enforcement, without accountability and without justice. And this problem, as grave as it is, is not going to fix itself. And they're frustrated, frankly, with people like me and those in positions of public trust and power who have been unable to resolve this or bring justice for what has been done and to stop it from continuing to happen in this country. And so nonviolently, peacefully, while the eyes of this country are watching these games, they take a knee to bring our attention and our focus to this problem to ensure that we fix it. That is why they are doing it. And I can think of nothing more American than to peacefully stand up or take a knee for your rights anytime, anywhere, any place. So thank you very much for asking the question. I appreciate it. <clears throat> wow, huh? That's just him answering that question. Um, incredible. I, you know, because it takes time to make that case to somebody if you're trying to because the questioner was very troubled by the taking the knee and it, it would be nice to know if the questioner felt after that um, I just think brilliant uh, response explaining that what they were doing was so American and had such a uh, a storied history and one which we celebrate that history of nonviolence, nonviolent protest. I thought it was just brilliant. So, anyway, I think he's incredible. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. <coughs> mm. Oh, Milton. I didn't know. It's it's Dorothy Parker's birthday today. What would she have been? A hundred, hundred and something. Here's a Dorothy Parker poem. Lady, lady, never start conversation toward your heart. Keep your pretty words serene. Never murmur what you mean. Show yourself by word and look, swift and shallow as a brook. Be as cool and quick to go as a drop of April snow. Be as delicate and gay as a cherry flower in May. Lady, lady, never speak of the tears that burn your cheek. She will never win him whose words had shown she feared to lose. Be you wise and never sad. You will get your lovely lad. Never serious be, nor true, and your wish will come to you. And if that makes you happy, kid, you'll be the first it ever did. Telling women to not show their intelligence. <laughs> Telling women to be quiet, be delicate, be happy, smile. And... That's the way you get your guy. If that makes you happy, kid, you'll be the first it ever did. Dorothy Parker. Yep. Yep. Okay. So while I was uh, trying to deal with a certain puppy... And trying to read the paper and trying to make sense of things, um, uh, ripping through the newspapers. Uh, there was Wednesdays. The New York Times has a food section, and obviously, it's not something I'm going to be talking about on the show. But as I was like casting the food section away, I saw a headline. Where was it? I saw a headline that said, oh, here it is. 
Here's the headline I saw, and this stopped me. It's liquor with a local twist. And something made me stop because the thought I had was, I wonder if this will be about Wiggle Whiskey. Dateline, Pittsburgh. Right. And it's a big story. I mean, it did this and then had a full page uh, when you uh, made the jump. So it's funny how when it comes to the food sections these days and you see something like that, thinking that it's uh, that it might be Pittsburgh is, uh, is often true. Um, okay, Ed, thank you. Ed's sending me uh, really good, he says, interviews of, uh, of really good uh, people who I guess are running, right? Oh, this is, this is a book by Lawrence Wright. Uh, whose book is called God Save Texas. And uh, he is a Texan. I, I, I haven't read the book, but he's a Texan who does love Texas um, and tries to, I guess, explain that strange state to the, the likes of me. And he he's clear to point out that if you look at voter registration in Texas, it's Democrat. The Democrats have more... Uh, voters, but I would argue that that's the same as these parts, where uh, a county like you know Westmoreland or Butler or Green or whatever have probably a majority of Democratic voters, but they are as red as red can be. And I think what that is is that, the, and in Texas it would be the same in large part, wouldn't it? Of these are leftover, these are Democrat registrations from the time when the Democrats were the party of the South, before Lyndon Johnson, a Texan, signed uh, the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act, right? Because um, I think it's the cultural issues that came later and racial issues and, you know, gays and things like that that took all these Democratic voters and really essentially made them what we first, the term we used was Reagan Republicans. They all voted for Reagan. And a lot of them never came back, but they have never changed their party affiliation, I think. And now there's a lot of those Democrats that vote for Donald Trump as well. But that's what I'm thinking. I haven't read the book. He'd probably say, no, you're wrong. I think a great deal of the Democratic registration in Texas is also Hispanic. And I think Hispanic uh, turnout has not been uh, what it should be. And I really can't imagine that Donald Trump is not uh, the guy to get the Hispanic vote out. <laughs> not for him, of course, but uh, against him. And I'm really, really hoping that... Uh, the Hispanics will help uh, the blue wave in Texas. Who knows? Maybe O'Rourke wins there. Uh, can't imagine. I just, I mean, it would be mind-boggling to me if he, if he did. Wow. Uh, what else we got here? Am I running short? What? On a day when I was, I mean, I was thinking I should start the show by saying, uh, what can we talk about today? I mean, did anything happen? Uh, wh oh, well, what I said is I was so, I was, da I was absolutely incorrect when I turned to my friend and said that this Trump, we got to watch this Trump speech because he's going to go ballistic. He is going to go off the rails. Um, and then he didn't. And I started thinking, oh my God, he's not going to. Uh, when he was 30 minutes in. <laughs> and he still hadn't. So I'm thinking that we've got a president now 
who truly is scared shitless. Uh, someone flat out told him, I'm sure more than one, you got to keep your mouth shut. Do not talk about this anymore. You're just going to get yourself in trouble. When he got off the plane in Charleston, he was willing to do the witch hunt stuff a little bit, which led me to believe that he was going to go ballistic at the speech, and he did not. And he has not, as far as I know, tweeted about it yet. I mean, in any way that could get him in more trouble. So, uh, incredible. One of the things that I noticed while watching all these people uh, bloviating uh, yesterday is that there are, the whoever the guy is who came out and did the press conference um, in New York, who was the prosecutor, uh, it, it wasn't the uh, U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York because that guy recused himself. <laughs> I love it. Because he was appointed by Donald Trump after Trump fired Preet, what was his name, Preet Bahara or something, who was the U.S. attorney that Obama had put in. So he comes in and throws that guy out along with Dave Hickton here and everywhere else and put his men in. But when this case got brought, uh, even though this guy is a Trump nominee, he knew full well um, he couldn't, he could not have anything to do with the case. So he recused himself, which brought it down to this guy who gave the um, the deputy, and he spoke. He said, I'm just going to, he got up to the cameras, and he said, I'm going to uh, make a statement, and I'm not going to take any questions. And then he proceeded to talk for probably 20 minutes, I think, without an um, <laughs> an er, uh, so, no so's. So, he didn't start out by saying, so, blah, 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 like everybody does now. It's ba I'm back to being annoyed by it, I, really annoyed by it. Because when you encounter a speaker who still speaks <laughs> like people used to, that doesn't start every sentence with so, that doesn't interrupt to get his, uh, you know, with ums and ers and like and that kind of thing, I, I'm, I was just mesmerized. He wasn't, didn't have notes. It was just absolute. I mean, I was, I was, I'm blown away by people who can do that because I can't. I mean, and I talk f for a living and always have. So I must be a sort of good talker, but I can't do that. I don't think. Just extraordinarily. Never missing a beat. Right toward the end, he stumbled a little bit. I thought, ah, oh, you ruined my whole, I was going to talk about you. You were so amazing, and you stumbled. Dang. Uh, but he was really amazing. And there's also a, a I don't know who he is. I, I don't watch enough anymore. But there's a, a African-American guy who is clearly an attorney. I mean, he's a legal expert who CNN is using. And he's never on set. He's always, you know, probably he's in New York, I get the feeling, for some reason. And he also never says um, never says er, talks fast with no, the only thing he does that is off-putting is he is like this. He is like, he is, I kept thinking, what do you look like when you're like, excited because it looks like he's about to burst um, all the time so that everything he's saying he is saying like this and there is no way that you're going to turn away because you think my god clearly this guy is potentially telling me that the world is ending I mean it is like that just like that it never stops and it goes that fast and yet 
he makes he talks in these compelling paragraphs and amazing sentences and all this kind of stuff and you learn by listening to him and and but if he would just i bet you know he could he'd be a really good guy to have on a lot if somebody could tell him to just tone it down just a little bit because i mean you absolutely get breathless listening to him you're like i mean, it, it's your heart's pounding i don't I, I and i don't i'm sorry i i don't know who he is but what a smart intense <laughs> cookie jeez all right okay i do see we are up and out and done thank you all did I get my voice back toward the end? Yeah, great. Okay, uh, thanks. And um, God knows what's, I mean, God knows what's going to happen in the next 24 hours. But whatever it is, we'll uh, maybe be talking about it. Thank you. Have a good day. Lynn Cullen Live. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.